0: Welcome everyone to today's podcast series episode. I'm really looking forward to sharing this beautiful coaching session with you. Today I'm interviewing Andrea. She's a 6'2 Splendik Projector. And I just want to share a little bit of her background before we dive into this conversation today. For the last 12 years, Andrea worked for a company called Mirror Image Arts, and this is a company that is... A dynamic youth advocacy organization working to disrupt the school prison pipeline utilizing the power of theater and healing centered engagement so now andrea is taking another leap of faith and she's moving to maine with her husband where they are going to put their tiny house on wheels in the middle of a 30 acre forest that they recently bought and in this space their intention and their next iteration is to fulfill her soul's purpose of building a retreat space. Andrea is also going to be beginning her coaching and consulting business where she's going to support leaders looking to embrace the qualities of the sacred feminine in their business. She is going to be guiding the leaders who say hell yes to that idea through personal and organizational development that better enables qualities like receptivity, collaboration, the ability to learn, joyful play, and share power. So today's conversation was so beautiful because we really dove into how, as a projector, Andrea can recognize herself and really come back to not needing external validation because I've shown her in a multitude of aspects the way that she can validate herself and leverage her human design to really take aligned action and set herself up for this new business endeavor that she has. We also dove into her gene keys and talked about how the activation sequence can really become the foundation of her business, bringing that course ability. To her life as well and we also dabbled a little bit in the Venus sequence and the Pearl sequence so it was a beautiful conversation. I'm really looking forward to you diving into this and I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the podcast series. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. Today I have Andrea with me. She's a 6-2 splenic projector and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. We're going to be diving into some juicy things and we're going to be talking about human design and gene keys but I'm going to let Andrea share specifically what her intention is and what it is that she wants to get support with in this conversation. And then we're just going to dive into it together. So welcome Andrea and I'm so excited to support you you today.
1: Oh my gosh I love it. Thanks Kayla. I am so excited today. I think there's a few things that I'm going through right now, as I've shared with you (laughs) behind the scenes. Um, So things in my life are feeling actually relatively in transition. Um, I keep using the word chrysalis stage because that's what it feels like. It's totally messy. I'm completely dissolving. Um, I feel still me, but there's just this like, there's still this emergence in this act of becoming and based on some of the information that I receive, it's just a really it's been really interesting to try to hold me um, and ground in me, regardless of whatever is happening around me. So I would love to just learn more and be with you around some of those moving pieces and like how I can still stay grounded within myself um, as I move through them. And I also um, would love, like I've just seen so much of what you've done around the Gene Keys and the Gene Keys in the business. And I am working to transition into a new business from the business that I've been doing um, it's very similar, but totally different, actually a little bit closer to my projector nest style. <laughs> really good. So it'd be really fun to dive into, yeah, the gene keys around the business, like almost like at the initiation stage, instead of, I see you doing it a lot on the more on the back end or um, just like people have had their businesses for a little bit of time. So I'm excited to see what would happen at the initiation phase.
0: Yes. Okay. This is so good. So just to, I just want to give a little bit more detail to the audience in terms of <laughs> what you're going through. And this is an invitation because <laughs> I think it's just, it's something so powerful to share. And the beautiful things that Andrew is experiencing is moving and also transitioning out of corporate and like getting into her own business. And it's like, there's a lot of moving pieces here. And so today's conversation is really to support you in really seeing yourself and like trusting yourself and that authenticity. And so what I wanna dive into first, one of the things I really love is that when when you came to me and we started talking and this whole thing around seeing oneself, I feel like this is kind of the classic, quote wounding that projectors experience and especially because you have the unconscious two line it can be really hard to see yourself right because it's like you see things in such a unique way you know the wisdom that you want to share with others but then there's this essence of needing to wait so that your wisdom is respected and you actually get to make an impact and what I find interesting is that you have a defined G center. And I find that sometimes when people don't have a defined G center, like this, these kind of tendencies of like not seeing ourselves are more likely than when somebody has a defined G center. But the thing mm. is, I love that today's conversation, you know, we're going to dive into, and Andrew and I talked about this briefly, her quantum design, this is what I find fascinating. Your quantum design is splenic projector. When we look at her personality design, which is the conscious definition, she is an ego projector. And then when we look at the unconscious design, she is a mental projector. And so (laughs) the reason why, like I always, if people follow me, like they, they really get why I look at the different levels of our design, because we are multifaceted. We're not just one thing we're not just our type even though you're like three flavors of projector so when you think about it when we look at the quantum design of being a splenic projector like you're you're designed to intuitively know what is best for you physically And to know what would bring you the safety and security that you need. And you have a lot of activation in your spleen, especially the 5710 channel. That 57 in particular is very much like you just know there's like this intuitive Mm -hmm. knowing there's usually going to be this kind of like sharing with others. Like, this is what I know. And then it's like after the fact, things come to light and it just makes sense. So it's like quantum, this is naturally going to come to you. And then when you look at honoring yourself from a conscious side, so you need to physically know what's good for you. And then there's the aspect of honoring your desires, right? So having that Mm -hmm. heart center, that ego authority is like, what is it that you desire? And that channel, the 2551, like this is really an energy of like that initiation and shock from the 51 and the 25 is really about that universal love. So there's like a lot of big impact energy there. And then when you look at the unconscious side, which has to do with the body and honoring your body, you really need to create space for you to mentally process things, mentally talk things out and have a sounding board to share what it is that's on your mind. So it's like, these are these are like the three pillars that if you start to experiment with this, even in your business or in relationships, I know that you're gonna be hosting retreats These three pillars are specifically how you can begin to see yourself. And the more that you see yourself, the more magnetic you're going to be in terms of attracting your ideal clients or the right people or the right opportunities. So that was like a very long winded dive into like the three levels of you being a projector. But I would love to hear your insights on that so far.
1: Yeah, uh, all of it is so true. (laughs) Um, you have mentioned this to me before. And so before this conversation, I had a chance to look more into those different ones. Cause you know, I hadn't taken any time to look outside of this um projector and just the qualities of like, even how the business that I've been in, the nonprofit that I worked in, like there's just, I I do so much external processing with other people. And sometimes I just need, like, I, part of me has really struggled with this throughout my life, because I'm like, how come I need so much external validation from people? And part of that is what I'm working on. Some of that was conditioning from my, my childhood, but the other part, it was nice to have permission to say, maybe that's also just who I am. I actually need to hear other people's perspective in relationship to mine, especially because my perspective sometimes seems, um, I'm trying to think of the word because oftentimes I feel very egotistical to say this um but it feels very forward like it feels very forward thinking and like oftentimes I am saying it before somebody else hasn't even gotten anywhere close to that idea or that thinking um and if it's often met with um obstacle or like obstination or like defense or like there's like there's some hard blocks that it feels like when I offer that information and so I've actually Used that mental projector part of me to actually ease into the conversation, into the ideas. Like, what happens if I actually share it with somebody in a different kind of environment that just is like, hey, do you mind if I like run something by you? It told like people have a better acceptance in that space. And then typically, what also happens to me is they'll come back and they've like sort of somehow completely embodied it and made it their idea and are already moving forward and implementing it so like in a lot of ways that has totally worked in my lifetime in the business that i work in because i'm a leader and i lead people but in other ways i'm like hold up hold up like two weeks ago that was my idea. okay i can let that go i can let it go it doesn't it doesn't actually it doesn't actually matter um but that's where i when you said all of that like it really resonated on a pretty deep level um and yet the other piece that you had identified, which is definitely why I did not argue that I was a splenic projector. I was like, hell yes, I either, I know. And when I know, I know. Like there's li- l- literally no other questions, no other thoughts, it is time to move. Including, you know, this main trip. Like there was a moment that I had this vision and I, it dropped in when I had that vision, I knew. And I knew that it was gonna to come to fruition. I didn't know how long, that didn't matter, I don't care. But I knew it was gonna to come to fruition. And then one day I was actually in the bathtub two years later and like it dropped back in again, it's time to buy land, you know. And literally the next week we were buying land for this vision that I had had two years ago. And it's just, it feels like a wild ride sometimes um, because time doesn't matter. But when I know, I know.
0: Yes. Oh, this is so good. I think one of the things that you're going to notice, I'm talking about these sort of three pillars of how to see yourself is that when you really are able to see yourself in that splenic state, see yourself in that heart centered state and seeing yourself like mentally, when you're able to really acknowledge yourself in that And I think you're going to be able to kind of detach in those moments where you may not necessarily get the, quote, validation or, you know, being seen by others in the way that you want to. And I think the other thing, too, that's important to look at is the three undefined centers that you have in the lower end of your graph, the sacral root and completely open solar plexus. These spaces, so there's like a 50% chance that someone has their emotional solar plexus defined, and then there's like a 60 to 70% chance that somebody has their sacral defined, and there's a pretty high chance somebody would have their root defined because of the number of gates they're in the center. And so, when it comes to, I want to talk about the open solar plexus when it comes to you know emotions and regulation and that because it's like you because you have it completely open and you're relying on that spleen and all the other centers to make the decision, you're really going to be picking up people's emotions or allowing them to process them. So it's like you come and you share this wisdom. And then all of a sudden they kind of have this emotional experience about it. There's like a 50% chance that they're processing emotion. And then they come to that clarity. And then of course it's like, oh yeah, this was my idea. This is what my experience was. Right. So it's like, how can you acknowledge yourself that you guided them to get to that point because they wouldn't have got to that point without you guiding them. And I think that that is like a message for all the projectors in the world. (laughs) How can you acknowledge yourself for being the reason that person was
1: guided? Yeah. I, I love that. You just said that. I feel like that is my lifelong quest. Um, And so I, that's just, I say yes to what you just said and still, and like, I even felt it go through my body. Um, And then it kind of starts tremoring around the sacral and root space. (laughs) Like it actually, like something about it still just doesn't connect. Um, And I look forward to the day. Like I'm, I feel so much hope to the day that I might actually begin to recognize that.
0: Yes. And you know what, to talk about, to take a minute to talk about the sacral and the root center, like the conditioning around that. I think now that you you and I were talking a little bit about your corporate experience or just corporate experiences in general, and there's a lot, there's so much area of opportunity in the corporate space around people actually doing the things that lights them up. And it's funny because I said this to my partner who was working in a corporate environment. And I said, listen, you have an undefined sacral you're going to be in this office space and 60 to 70% of those people have their cycle defined. And they're probably doing work that frustrates them. So you're going to be amplifying people who are frustrated or angry, especially if they're many gens and, and cycle generators. And so, The fact that you are now moving into your correct environment, you're getting into that space of starting Mm. this new chapter in business and you're like physically moving to a new place and you're also going to be, you know, starting retreats and whatnot, working with people, you're going to be clearing that sacral space. And I think Mm. you're going to have more clarity in how you hear your spleen because there's actually, did you know that there's a hierarchy of authorities when it comes to the human design chart?
1: I heard you say that once.
0: Yes, that's okay. I'm going to explain it so people can understand how they get influenced by other people. So if you have your emotional solar plexus defined, you are an emotional authority. If you have it undefined, but you have your sacral defined, you are a sacral authority. If you have both of those undefined and you have your spleen defined, you're a splenic authority, and then it goes up to the heart center and then self-projected and then mental and then lunar. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of this hierarchy that goes up the body graph. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because I talked about how people can emotionally influence you and then they can also influence you with your sacral. And so that's why it's important. That projectors wait for the invitation because then you know that you're in a space where you can actually trust your own authority, whether that's splenic ego self projected and so on, because that's when you're going to make the best decisions for you so in many ways this like this burnout or this lack of sense of control is coming from. other people who are in your space even though you have a defined g center you know where you're going but it's like the emotionality of it and the like sacral creative energy and taking action right and then with the root center the root center is not an authority but having it undefined and i can relate to this so hard depending on who you're with and what you're doing it's always going to feel like you have
1: to get all this shit done before you can rest oh god Well, (laughs) yes, Um, yeah, and that, like, in a lot of ways, being an executive director of a nonprofit was like the worst thing I could do, because the non, like, just the nonprofit world is a highly under-resourced, constantly, like, um, you're fighting for every dollar that you can possibly bring in through the doors, you're supposed to be productive with you know, half the amount of money that your corporate counterparts get, like, there's so much of that infused just in the model alone, then let alone just the other generators around me that are just really interested in working all hours of the night, um, that I literally, I have had so much work to separate myself from success- looking like productivity, like so much work. Um, and I just, I plant that because you just like lit me on fire for a second. But I also wanted to go back to something else that you had said that is just really interesting to me. That open solar plexus, I just never thought about that because I didn't understand that hierarchy. What I struggle with the most is that my spleen get gets activated. I can feel it, I feel unsafe when people are really emotional but can't name their emotion. So somehow it becomes my, my fault or me or something about me rather than their ability to read themselves and what they're going through. And that maybe, maybe something I said activated something fine, but it, so like, there's so much responsibility I've taken for other people and their emotionality. And I'm also really good at helping people process their emotions So I don't know if that has something to do with the open solar plexus, but I'm really good at helping them through the process of their emotion. But all the while I feel wildly unsafe um, because I'm in this space that I didn't, yeah, it's activating something inside of me. And so for the first time ever, I connected that to like, what would happen if the spleen is actually activating? Like it actually doesn't feel safe. I don't feel safe. So I just, I wanted to put that and see if that resonated or did anything for you
0: yes i think that's the thing with so i talk about people pleasing with defined centers like defined spaces so it can be gates and channels centers along with undefined spaces and it's like the undefined spaces what that people pleasing can look like is you're going to kind of overcompensate to not trigger someone else because obviously their energy gets amplified within you so it's like, for example, you know, you have a defined heart center. You, you are a, an energy projector because you have one of the motor centers defined out of the four, right? The the heart, sacral, emotional solar plexus, and root are all considered motor centers in the, the graph. But you having that heart center is always going to drive you like, okay, well, fine. I guess I will do this thing. Like I have the willpower to do it, but it's because I don't want to piss them off because I don't want to feel their feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the thing. That's the thing. And also, this is why I think we need to normalize, not pressurizing decisions and giving people space to feel their feelings before they make a decision. Like usually when I have to make a decision, I have an undefined emotional solar plexus. I have the 36 and six defined. But even if let's say I'm with my fiance, he has a 35 together, we have a defined emotional solar plexus. If I need to make an important decision, because our emotional solar plexus in a connection chart perspective is ignited i'm like i need to go and be in my own space and like listen to my sacral like i don't like making decisions with other people even if they don't have an emotional authority because the connection with them might activate that and then you're making decisions based on emotions rather than for example trusting your spleen
1: that's so true and that's where like the six two um, profile finally helped me understand what it is that I really need. Like the role model totally resonated with me, um, in so many different ways, but the hermit made me look at myself in the mirror and made me realize how few moments I offer myself and separately from other people. Um, and every time I do, I come away so clear and so myself again, and so settled and grounded. Um, and so that was another thing that, um, has been offered to me in the human design space that has really, really, really helped. And that I actually needed permission. I couldn't believe how much permission I needed to just go be by myself Yes, in the workplace for sure in the workplace.
0: Yes. yes. And it's, that's a thing too, is that with the two line, I think with the six as well, like one of the things I love about the gene keys, and we'll dive into it in a minute is how it's, it's very challenging because the sixth line in its shadow state can feel like an alien. It's like we're sitting on the roof, we're kind of alone, we're seeing things that people aren't seeing, and there's this judgment towards ourselves or others or the things that we're seeing. And there's not the ability to see beyond that, because the sixth line is really designed to see like what's next isn't present because we're stuck in actually isolating ourselves. And so mm. I find this really powerful to consider when I notice that I have judgment coming up or I feel like a little alien or like a weirdo who's not fitting in with the situation. Like I will come back to what nurtures me, which is, you know, following my authority for me and my sake. I feel like for you, it's like when you feel that sort of weird alienation, that judgment energy coming up, it's like coming back to like, what do I physically need right now? like, what is my spleen telling me? And how can I, how can I honor that instead of, you know, succumbing to the influences of like the emotional sore plexus or the sacral or the root, or even like, we haven't even talked about your undefined head yet, but like even that, like needing to give the answers to people to relieve things. And it sounds like the nature of the work that you were doing was very much like needing to find answers, needing to hit these certain deadlines and figure things out and have things structured. And so it's like, you needed to like, get that out of the way and hit those deadlines with the root center. And then it just, it pushes you into overdrive and then you're going to be a bitter projector.
1: (laughs) So then when all of a sudden people don't see me, dear God, (laughs) it's a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The only other thing I just wanted to add to is that I actually live, uh, my partner is an emotional, what's it called? An emotional authority. Um, and that actually was one of the hidden keys that we unlocked in our relationship. And while he's kind of like a slow roll into human design, like he totally supports it, but he keeps looking at me, like when I say things and I feel like I'm slowing it down a little bit, but he's like, I have, I have no idea what you just said. (laughs) Um, he, but he, he trusts me and he, he believes in what I'm going through and like the, the qualities of it that I've sort of pulled out and shared with him. He's just like, oh my God, that totally makes so much sense. So he's with me, but I brought that one into our relationship. That one was a pretty big one um because that is where we have just like we have had these explosive fights, never being able to reach each other in the center of it. Um and then in the center and, and, and then when we finally do after, you know, much longer than any of us actually feel like we would like to have taken he walks away completely free and clear. I'm so glad we had this conversation and I am just Fucking <laughs> and I'm like I'm so glad you feel so free um because I think I just I just took every single bit of emotion that you were feeling and now I have it awesome so that space that you were talking about earlier like how we're even beginning to build that discipline in our own relationship about like how do we have just a sentence that says it's time to split. like we got to split for a minute mm-hmm. we got to come back to each other we can't just keep going. Cause we just, it's like, we just keep amplifying and it just keeps getting out of our control. Um, yeah. So that was something else I thought about when you said that about your partner.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's the other thing is that sometimes people see boundaries as a negative thing, but it's actually to mm-hmm. benefit both. You know, I started to notice my, you know, my fiance, he has a defined head and Ajna wide split, spleen to root. I have my defined G and sacral. And for him, like he mentally processes so much. like he he just needs to talk things out and talk things out. and he just he continues, like if he's dealing with something, he'll just continue sharing and sharing and sharing. And like my undefined head openajna like gets to a point where I literally cannot compute. And so I've learned to communicate with him, be like, I don't have capacity to be a sounding board for you right now. And it's actually helped us immensely because then I don't get frustrated and I don't turn into somebody who's trying to give them the answers and figure things out because I'm trying to relieve this verbal stream of information that won't stop, right? And so this is one thing I love about human design is like understanding the contrast between the defined and undefined centers. Like one is not better than the other. It allows us to have the flow of the yin and yang energy essentially is what it is. So I think that, you know, that, but knowing too, like, especially with the emotional solar plexus, like I have it undefined and like I can pick up people's emotions and it's like it gets stuck and you're like yeah. in this this like quicksand and it's going very slowly and it's like that is when you come back to your inner authority and you ask your spleen, what do I like need right now? Like what does my body need right now? And you go and you do that thing, right? For you know what's it's- really
1: interesting? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead, finish her.
0: No, it's okay. I want to hear
1: well, I was just saying what you just said to me, I, I realized something that in the in the emotion, I become completely disembodied. And so I'm actually, I have very little access to that, to my spleen. So I'm just like, what do I do? <laughs> like, how do I, what do I do with that? Like, that was a big discovery that I just came out. Like, I knew that I became a little bit disembodied, but I never realized that I would need to come back into my body in order to to touch base with my actual authority
0: yes so actually you know what this is going to kind of push us into the gene keys i think so we're going to look at your gene okay. keys in a minute but before we do that i just wanted to i just wanted to touch base and sort of tie the loops in a bow for this this part of the conversation where, you know, I am supporting you and being able to see yourself. And what we talked about were like your three pillars of being like three different versions of a projector, how to honor those authorities, how to honor your undefined versus defined centers. Like, do you feel that you can see yourself better now understanding your design? Because now we're going to get into like the business stuff and and dive into the gene keys. But that's like, you kind of need to know that before.
1: Yeah. No, I do. I think the only thing that I have well, one, it was recognizing that I thought I was connected to my spleen, but what happens when I'm highly emotional and maybe I don't. And so that's something I'm just thinking about. And that's why I put that in there. But the other thing you had mentioned earlier that we hadn't covered, and I'm just curious to know what difference does it make the open head? Mm,
0: yes. Yeah. So I'll talk about the emotionality piece. One thing that I say, when, if you look at those four motor centers, There's a lot of energy there, and the way that we move energy is through movement, right? So, it's like, what do you need to do that is going to allow you to release that energy? And I'm actually looking at your variables right now, and your environment is mountains passive. And so, I'd be very curious for you. And it's hilarious because my fiance is also mountains passive when he goes hiking and he can just like process Mm. when he's up in the mountains or going up somewhere high. That's why he loves snowboarding, you know, hiking, like summer winter whatever that's where he gets the most clarity and you're moving Mm. your body you're moving that energy and also just looking at for your cognition being outer vision how can you like what do you need to create a clear vision so that it's like you can see it in front of your face does that? does that is that meditation is that journaling is that guided meditations like, what does that look like? Is it affirmations? Like what resonates with you to create that outer vision? Because then you're, you're, for example, with the environment, you're going and you're, you're out somewhere and you're receiving, right? Like you don't have to do anything. You're walking or you're running, whatever it is that you're doing, but you are just like receiving from nature and you're releasing. And then Mm -hmm. with the outer vision, you're creating, like you're, you're allowing yourself to project, which I think is really helpful for projectors. When you can be invited to project and if you're in nature and you're creating a vision and you're doing the things to release things and you're projecting then you're not going to have that bitterness inside you because you're like oh I just have this release and I can focus and I feel good so I'm curious if that resonates with you
1: do you see this big fat smile? (laughs) it felt really good like it that made so much sense to me um And it even reminded me of like one of the most aggravating, most frustrating, most horrific and emotional times that i had ever had in the work experience, specifically with Miramage, we were just going through a lot and I had had some pretty relational things kind of blow up for me that I just didn't expect. Um, And I went, I was in the city, that's where our offices are, like in in the middle of Denver. And um, I went up in a high rise building and ate lunch with somebody as I was processing. Yeah. And I came away like, and I saw the mountains. I mean, like it's a beautiful clear view of the mountains um, from Denver and, and the high rise. And so that was just something that like, and I came away so calm and so grounded and so sure of where I was going next. Yeah. So that's what that's what brought the smile to my face. Um, in addition to hiking is like one of my favorite things yeah. to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's when I, that's why I said get up high. Like, it could be a mountain. It could be, you know, I don't know if you can go for a helicopter ride. Like, if you can oh, go that would be amazing. Building, you know what I mean? Like, just get creative <laughs> with it. But yeah, the yeah. way that you just explained yourself and how you just felt so clear, that's exactly what happens to my fiance. And he has outer vision and mountains passive in his design. So it's oh my like, God. I love
1: yeah, that. This is like on very, very on point.
0: So, in terms yeah, of the
1: No, go on. I just wanted to say for all those mountains, people that are not living next to a mountain, um, go get, get to a high rise. It actually works. Yes.
0: Yes. So good. So actually also just a quick question. I mean, those of you who are like watching the video of this, you're in a tiny home and you have your uh, staircase or your ladder behind you. Do you sleep upstairs? I do. Right. Again, Yeah. the higher up for the resting. There's like literally in your physical environment, so I had to I had to point that out. (laughs) Things without realizing it, right? Yeah. So your bedroom is upstairs. Yeah. Yep.
1: That's hilarious. That's awesome. That's
0: so good. Um. So what I was going to say about the head center is. This is, this is another situation where I think boundaries are obviously really powerful, especially because the head center has to do with our inspiration. It has to do with finding answers. And it's like that pressure is to push it into the Ajna for processing. The Ajna is all about how you generate your beliefs, your ideas, your perceptions. And then obviously the throat center is how you express them. So what I find with the undefined head center or the open head center is, for example, right now, for a long time, actually, and I've shifted my perspective on this, is I didn't follow anyone on Instagram because I was not using Instagram as a consumption tool. This was something that if I just kept scrolling and looking at what other people were doing in similar industries, it became very overwhelming and I would get distracted. And as my sacral is defined, I would start responding to ideas rather than what actually lit me up in the environment. I would get caught into, oh, I should do this. So I think that with undefined head center as a projector it's like you have your splenic authority right like your your main online quantum design like splenic authority is like you know what's physically best for you but then when it's like ideas are coming in that aren't yours you question what's best for you so then that affects your decision making so boundaries so now for example i've started i've actually started following people on instagram but i'm following people that I would desire to work with, like ideal clients or people related to my niche. And it's not because I'm seeking to learn from them because I'm seeking to work with them. So I've shifted, like there's very specific boundaries in terms of what I consume, how I consume, who I interact with. So I'm curious if that resonates with you because that's like a negative context with the head center. But let's say a positive context is you're in a meeting and people are like, okay, okay. Andrew, we need to brainstorm ideas. And you're like, let me tell you. And it's like, you you can just easily come up with ideas, right. Or come up with solutions, but that's in like a healthy context. It's not like a, you know, a negative reactive argument or something. That's like where you're being invited to share because those channels in the head center and the Ajna and the throat center are all projected channels. They all need that invitational energy. So that's another fun fact Mm. as well.
1: Yeah, no, that totally resonates very much so um definitely it's so that was something that was really interesting as i looked at the human design and i started to get to know the um the g center a little bit more like there are places in which i oftentimes question um and and i know that and i just assumed it was just part of my conditioning. So to hear that, to also recognize that it's also part of my design, like part of potentially how I just walk through the world too. Um, and recognizing that um, actually is really interesting. And then the part about that you talked about, um, I love coming up with solutions to problems. And I literally have like a multitude of different ways in which I look at it and can offer. Um, so yeah, that actually it very much, very much resonated with me.
0: Perfect. So good. Okay. I'm really excited. We're going to dive into the gene keys now, but I wanted to just like hone Mm -hmm. in on your human design, because the way that I connect these two systems is that human design is like the driver. And then we have the gene keys, which is the map, right? So it's like, okay, here's specifically how you can recognize yourself. This is why you're experiencing this. This is why you're not experiencing this. This is how you can you know, resolve this in a way that is aligned for you so that you can feel seen, validated and recognized in your own design. And now we're going to look at the gene keys. So we're going to pivot a little bit. Like obviously we're talking about you and your design, but now I want to talk more about your business that you're jumping into this new chapter. And I would love for you to share with me, even if you just want to like visualize that outer vision of yours, your ideal Mm -hmm. Clients and the things that you want to be doing. I know that retreats is a really big thing. And then what I'm going to do is we're going to dive into your activation sequence and I'm going to show you how this to support you with the foundation of your business.
1: Mm, I love it. So um, it's kind of like a two prong approach, but all actually interconnected. And I'm just beginning to understand almost like the way um, the Gene Keys is all kind of interconnected. This vision that I had three years ago um, was moving to nature being literally immersed inside of nature um, i saw a house in the center of of, of a woods of a woods um, and then from there um, it extrapolated into multiple um tiny houses or alternative dwelling structures that um, were on this land and they were all um people were coming to the land to be with themselves to be with nature to be um in invitation, but like the quality of of the vision, the quality of the feeling that I got when I witnessed, because it was an intermentor ceremony, actually. So I witnessed myself 20 years in the future. And it was me sitting and standing in the center of all of this. And the quality of who she was, I literally fell to my knees and wept at her knees. Because she was everything that I wanted. And yet part of my life feels sometimes like I can't access. And so I I saw her and then I knew what she was doing and I knew that people were coming to her and I knew that they were asking her these questions and and she was coaching them through how to live with the sacred feminine, how to create spaces within your, your, your body in addition to bodies, like in addition to the systems, that they worked within. Um, And that's actually where a lot of my experience comes from is working inside of systems and cultivating the divine and sacred feminine and all of those qualities of receptivity, the ability to actually listen to people, ask really deep, meaningful questions of people that have them actually showing parts of themselves that they're willing to. Like it's consent-based, they're willing to, but you never would have gotten access to if you hadn't just slowed down. Even paused together with each other, maybe played a little bit together first. But you can do that in a business, and I've actually spent the last you know 12 years practicing that and creating a culture in a business in which we were able to do that together. And so I'm looking forward to creating my coaching practice that actually begins to exponentialize that out into other businesses where people are very very interested in bringing in some of those qualities.
0: Oh, this is so good. I'm excited because I was listening to you and then I was looking at your gene keys and now I think we're going to dive into the Venus sequence (laughs) as well because I have things to say. So what I love is how much awakening energy you have in your gene keys and just in your design as well because you have the 51 three times. You have it in your life's work, you have it in your IQ and your EQ and the 51 is known as the gate of shock in human design. It is a literally about initiation, and and so I'm laughing because I feel like based on what you shared with me in terms of like the series of events that have unfolded recently with you moving and leaving and all of this is like that is a fucking initiation. Like how hilarious is that? I'm sorry, <laughs> but that is exactly what. It's you're my life. To do. <laughs> it's, it's literally your life's work. It's happening right now. So uh. what I what I love about this is it's like you, oh, this is so interesting. I feel like my intuition is just like on right now. So you had this visualization of seeing yourself in the future, and you were just like weeping at the beauty and just the incredible embodiment that you saw in yourself. And it's interesting because when I look at like this is an awakening, like I feel like this seeing, the seeing that you're having is this awakening. So I'm looking at your i q and your eQ. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about these because I just think it's so beautiful. The the IQ is your intelligent quotient. And this is the energetic imprinting that you receive between the ages of like 14 to 21. The EQ is between the ages of like 7, 8 to like 15. And so it's interesting that 51 is there because it's like, I'm curious if during that age range, if you experience a lot of agitation, but it was just like this initiation for you to discover this new version of yourself, especially because the 51 lives in the heart center and it's reaching for the G center. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's reaching for that identity. And it's like what the heart center is all about your drive, your commitments, your integrity. So it's like you, that needs to be like provoked for something to happen. And the happening is the awakening. So it's oh, like, you're. God. it's like, <laughs> it's so interesting. I'm like seeing you between the ages of like seven to 21 with this agitation Mm -hmm. and this initiation Mm -hmm. like not understanding it and then you have this experience where you then see yourself in the future and you're like seeing this initiation that you're going through now and that version of you is being the awakening and it's like that the iq is about your mental experience and the eq is about your emotional experience Yep. And so it's just, i um, I could literally keep going, but I really want to hear, cause I'm just like looking at your reaction right now. And I really want to hear what's coming up for you in that. Cause I was like, I need to point this. I just feel drawn to talk about this right now.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if you could see, but I literally am like coming out of my seat. Like I am just so uncomfortable right now. But here's- <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. What you just said, what's so uncomfortable is what happened because what I'm hearing you like oh my god oh my god okay what I'm hearing you say at least to me (laughs) is that those were the crucial like the 51 was in some of the most crucial conditioning stages of my life and I became without being able to be anything other than (laughs) who I am (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that I bring a thunder with me wherever I, like where I go, there's like this jolt of electricity and I've never understood it. My parents didn't understand it. They didn't like it. And so there was a lot of this um, quality where just this constant pushing down in order for it to be controlled into something that they could understand and that they could work with. And. I have a lot of conditioning that I am still like a lot of deconditioning work that is been behind me is in where I'm at right now and where I'm headed because this is a quality that I've learned to love. But when I saw my human design and I saw that 51 was my conscious son, I wept again (laughs) because it held so much meaning. It was the first time I'd ever felt seen Mm. and, and actually that it was a good thing that I was this way, not a bad thing.
0: Yeah. And I think that actually the 51 is going to be like, for lack of a better word, your secret weapon when it comes to your business, because you are going to have this natural gift of initiation and you're there to awaken people. Like bringing people Mm -hmm. into nature as much as people think, like I went camping with my fiance a couple of weeks ago, and we had never been camping together. We've been together for over 10 years, but I have been camping as a child and we're sitting there looking at the fire for like four hours. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like there's all we have is time. And it was Mm -hmm. so peaceful and it was just, it was just an awakening to being present and slowing down. And it was, it was just so beautiful. And so it's like that being your life's work is yes, you are designed to shock people. You are designed to have people drop their draws and their, drop their jaws. I almost said drop their drawers. That's not what I meant. <laughs> drop.
1: That has not been oh my gosh, experience. No. I'm,
0: not, I'm not editing that out. I'm just going to leave it. Anyways, drop their jaws <laughs> in shock because that's how you're going to get their attention as a projector and be like, hey, are you going to invite me or not? Because there's a lot of things Uh here for you. And I feel that showing up in that energy, energy unapologetically is going to be so supportive. So I just had Mm -hmm. to talk about the IQ and the EQ because I feel like that was so, that was so powerful, but I want to come back into the activation sequence now that we kind of like allowed myself to get sucked in there. But I'm curious if you want to share anything else before I dive into that activation sequence and talk about like the foundation of yourself and your business.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing else to add, except that when you were talking just now, like agitation was so much a part of my young self, like I was just always agitated, and it brought it into my adult self and then it went into the workplace where um, that's not what you're supposed to, like, you're not supposed to be that, you're supposed to be calm and cool and present and collected and, and interact with people in a way that sees them only, you know, like, so There was so much, you might hear some bitterness there, Um, but there was so much inside of that, that like, I actually started having this image for myself and other people even use this as a metaphor for me, that I was a teapot. Like a boiling, literally a a boiling teapot,
0: a kettle. That's what, okay. I was like when yeah. you said teapot I was like but teapots are cute I don't understand but like a blazing kettle like that okay I can see that pulling
1: well, through that tiny little yeah. hole and like all the steam and pressure is coming out but it refuses to be totally released but it's still like it's still agitated inside of it um, yeah that's what happened to me through all of my conditioning and like that's the work that I'm trying to pull back so that I'm not I don't I don't want to be a tea I want to be me I don't want to be a tea cuddle that's just sh- being shoved through this tiny little hole that is my permission to be um, who I am. I think that I think that there's still this,
0: I don't think that this will be fully, I don't want to say resolved for lack of a better word in this conversation, but I still think having that conversation with yourself and being curious, how can I just be unapologetically me? like, so what, so what, what if in those interactions where you came forth and you created a shock and you were initiating was actually what was needed, but maybe it just provoked other people, but that doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean that you need to change.
1: What is that, man? Like, what is that? Seriously? That's my study for my life. Like, what is it that I take so personally responsible in those moments?
0: Yeah. I think, I think literally the beginning of this conversation, looking at you embodying being a projector and those three different pillars of like unconscious versus conscious and quantum, I think it's going to help you be unapologetically you. And you know this, like you have the 51 three times in your gene keys. Like it's gonna be there. And if you don't like it, then I guess I know that I'm not getting an invitation from you. It's basically how it's gonna go, right? I love it. Oh my God, I'm gonna write that down. (laughs) Yeah. So well, okay let's talk about the activation sequence. So I love talking about the activation sequence because this it is called the activation sequence because it is designed to activate you So there's that on top of you having the 51 is your life's work, but also the activation sequence is leading to creating this core stability, stability physically in your life between your conscious sun and earth and your unconscious sun and earth, because when you have that core stability, you're going to be able to open up your heart more within the Venus sequence, right? So for example, Mm. we, I just went straight for the jugular and I started talking about the IQ and the EQ (laughs) and the Venus sequence, but like. I think you'll see as we navigate through the activation sequence that you exploring that IQ and the EQ, you exploring that, that agitation initiative, awakening energy unconsciously is going to allow you to just actually re- like relax into it and connect mm-hmm. more with people. Right. Cause it's Venus sequence is all about relationships. It's all about unconditional love. And obviously in business, like that's, especially as a service provider, like you are connecting with people. So with the life's yeah. work, That 51, we talked about it a lot already, but the sixth line, it's like, you have already in our conversation, the way you talked about your experience with the 51 is an example of you being a teacher because you're showing and you're teaching about your experience of what you went through. And I know that there's people watching and listening to this that are going to say, yeah, I totally like they might have the 51 and be like, I was quote a menace and I was judged and I pissed people off you know what I mean so if people are going to resonate yeah. with that this is the this is the joy of the sixth line is we're up here and we're sharing our stories of like what the fuck happened growing up essentially so when you look at the evolution I love this because the 57 again is like that reason that you have the splenic authority because it's connecting the 57 to the 10 to the g center and the 57 is like so intuitive right? It's, it's so spiritual. It's such a spiritual gate. It's unapologetic. And so that unease, the shadow of unease is like, you're not trusting yourself. Mm. It's like this, mm, I don't know. And you know, it could even be when we talked about that example earlier, when you're getting distracted by your head pressure that you can't connect with your spleen, that's where the unease is. So then you can look at, okay, what environment can I go into with my mountains to get high up and process? because that's going to allow you to connect your intuition and have more clarity, which is the gift and city of 57. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So again, with the sixth line and the education and surrender actually just have this visualization drop into my head. Like when, when you lead retreats, you know, the evolution is what grounds you. It's like, you're going to, you have the natural gift to ground people in connecting with their intuition and having clarity.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So then we come across into the radiant sphere. The 61 is in the head center.
1: Before you move on, can I just say yeah. one thing about the evolution? That if yes. I didn't have human design and gene keys, I would have. I, why I wept at the feet of my future self is because I saw those qualities of the 57 that I had not quite met yet, um, but I knew were mine. So yes. I just wanted to offer that, that I'm now studying. 57.
0: yes and the evolution is the conscious earth the earth is like mother energy it's nurturing Mm. that's that's going to be why we naturally feel connected to that energy Mm. and the the life's work is known as the quote father archetype which is like that fiery sun energy and of course that 51 is like extra intense on top of being sun energy right (laughs)
1: yeah so
0: i'm going to dive into the the radiance and purpose but the radiance is your unconscious sun. And this is like what you experience to start begin to relax in your body because the unconscious side has to do with the body, right? When you are embodying this energy, you're going to be radiant physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So when we look at the 61 in the head center, the shadow of psychosis, inspiration, and sanctity, psychosis is like this version of of seeing things that aren't happening or creating things or it's like being stuck in a toxic level of inspiration. It's like when your mind is so creative, like I'm just imagining like a child trying to sleep at night and you imagine there's like 10 different monsters in your closet and they all have different colors and they like have these weird toxic traits, but it's like, that's like psychosis, like too much imagination, right? But then when you look at inspiration, it's like, well, I have so many different ways of seeing things rather than getting stuck in the shadow aspect of it. It's like, well, I have so many different ways of seeing things and that can become Mm. inspiration. And especially because you have an undefined head center, your ability for inspiration is so limitless. And it's like, especially when you connect with something or someone, it's going to be even more evoked. And then sanctity Mm. is really just the all-encompassing of the ideas and like that piece around it, right? Because you look at psychosis is like very restless. And so when you look at the two line for marriage, what I love about this is I feel like when you are getting into working with clients and you're supporting them, like we look at the first three spheres, it's like, okay, agitation and initiative, like evoking something within them, you're naturally going to do that to help them have an awakening. And then from there, they're going to really be able to connect with their intuition and, and have clarity. Right. And then we look at the psychosis and inspiration is like, when we really start to take ourselves out, how can you help them be empowered by their ideas and their views? And really that marriage, that two line is like, what is it? What is the thing that they can connect to? So marriage is like connecting with something or someone else. So you might actually resonate more with one-on-one work, but also it might be like the way that you share things is going to be, you know, that, that partnership energy so before i dive into the purpose because i'm also trying to like share all the things in the time that we have left but do you have any questions or comments about about that so far and then i'm gonna like zoom out on the activation sequence after just like tie it all in a bow
1: um i you know i think that that's let's keep going because i do have a question but i'm wondering if you're about to answer it
0: okay okay sweet so the one of the things the thing i love the most about the activation sequence so the life's work to evolution that is your pathway of challenge those are like the common challenges that you experience agitation and unease how do i trust my intuition and take initiative then we have the pathway of breakthrough which is like this conscious realization allows you to come into your body and begin that journey of core stability so i talked about what allows you to be radiant the last pathway is the pathway of core stability so when you have that stability in your body and that inner knowing and trusting you tap into your purpose and the 62 is found in the throat center, which is all about your self-expression. It's obviously unconsciously defined as well, but it's like the, it's funny because the jargon of the 62, I find some people get really caught up on it, but the way that I see it is that intellect, when we think that we know everything that there, there is to know, then there's nothing more to learn. There's no collaboration. The book is closed. The box is closed. Like it's just, it's done. But when you take your intellect and you use precision with it and you direct it, like, a, like I'm imagining like taking like a water gun and like aiming it at a target and you like hit the target, like you fulfill on something, you achieve something mm-hmm. or you can support others in achieving something. And that impeccability is like mm-hmm. nailing the target, right? So it's like being intentional with the intellect rather than like, let's say for example, I never identify as much as people say it to me sometimes as an expert in human design and keys, because if I'm an expert, then that means that there's nothing else for me to learn. And Mm -hmm. I, I never want to be in that position. So that's kind of the summary of what I would give for the purpose. And so when it comes to the two line, the posture and fluids, the way that you see things and express things and the way that you're going to guide others and their precision needs to be fluid. Like that rigidity doesn't resonate. So for example, mm. the fact that you're leaving corporate and you're going into your own business, mm. you're gonna have so much fluidity, right? To yeah. move and flow. Yes. So yeah. that's a mm. quick rundown of your mm. of your activation sequence. I'm curious to hear what you say. And then I have a feeling there's going to be a few other things that I'm going to throw on top of this.
1: Yeah. So I I was really struggling a little bit with the line two marriage part, but then but also the line two posture fluids and Um, one, I just want to say I completely resonated with. And that's why like, that's part of what's like really, it's beyond motivation at any, at this point, it's actually survival for me to be moving into this new business. Um, It's survival for my projector self that needs to be um, recognized and invited instead of me sort of non-consensually forcing myself on other people because I'm in a position that has to provide feedback to people, whether they want it or not kind of experience. Um, And so like, that but that but that part that you just added about really remaining sort of fluid and flexible and that um that's what I'm gonna absolutely love about moving into the coaching role. That's what I've been hoping, that's what I've been and I know it's hard. I know running a business is hard, running a nonprofit is really, really hard. Being an entrepreneur is, is very, very challenging. Um but there's such a motivation and desire towards what you just said. Um and that's like I, I finally understand what posture and fluids means because I just couldn't find a good definition for it that helped yep. me embody what that meant for me and certainly what it meant for my business I tried but I couldn't yes. So that finally made sense to me
0: yes and <clears throat> one thing i love too is that I find non-sacral beings I don't want to say like okay so like sacral beings are fluid in their creativity and how they take action but I find that non-sacral beings are fluid in how they take action and then take rest It's like a very like push and pull. Like you're not always going to be on because if you're on all the time, you're going to burn out your sacral, right? And so I think that that's another thing. It's like, okay, high seasons, low seasons in the year. Like, what is that going to look like? You're probably going to do more retreats in the summer than the winter. Like it's just a little, depending on the type of retreats, but it's just giving that perspective of what it looks like to have fluidity. But then also the posture is like the services and the things that you're offering with the clients that you're working with.
1: So yeah. when oh my on. yeah, I was just gonna say what I also love about that is that part of the divine feminine is nature, mother earth, mother nature, and the seasonality of mother nature and how we can actually look to that. And what would happen if we flowed with that to the best of our ability and also our business flowed with that. And I understand that it can't be these three long month periods sometimes, depending on what you're working on or what business you have, but what would happen if you invited yourself to think about the seasons and relationship to like meeting agendas and relationship to, um, workflow and relationship like there's so many different ways you can bring that in. Um, and that's what I've been the most worried about in building a business again, because I know that that upfront labor that is related to that because I did it even with Miramage Arts. Um, that's, it's just something I've been really keenly thinking about and, and aware of as I go into that. And how do I not burn myself out just trying to create this business of my dreams?
0: Yes. And so, you know what, it's beautiful because the activation sequence, you know, I've I've kind of talked about your experience and energy, but if you think about it, even in human design, like our defined gates, channels, centers, like that is what we're here to share. And so the activation sequence is about your four areas of genius. It's known as your, Mm -hmm. your genius sequence, as well as what people call it. So initiative, intuition, inspiration, and precision, those are your zones of genius. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's how you're going to support your clients. But that's also what you can come back and lean on when you feel like you're not seeing yourself. It's like, these are my fucking zones of genius. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is what I'm here to give. And then you can look at how can I honor myself as a triple projector <laughs> in these zones of genius? What is my business going to look like? How can I have structure with posture and fluidity and what like how can I how can I stop demonizing the way that I, you know, experience the 51, allow that to be my awakening? Because if you know what's crazy, actually, if I give a very specific example about, you know, agitation initiative and awakening and that shocking energy, I feel like one of the things when I when I was in Bali, I did a mushroom ceremony and mm-hmm. I did like three and a half grams and it was a lot. Like I've never taken hallucinogenics before. It was a lot and one of the things and even after when i started to learn more about psychedelics is that sometimes you you get to a point when you're hallucinating that it's just it's the emotions and everything are so unbelievably overwhelming you actually feel like you're dying but it's your ego that is dissolving and that is like an initiative because when i would come through and come back to my breath and come back to my body through whatever i was like thinking or emotionally experiencing it literally felt like an awakening and i was so grateful to be alive and have a physical body. And so it's like, that was so, I just remember so many moments in those like four hours where I was so uncomfortable, but then it was like, all of a sudden I like actually lived through it. And I was like, oh my God. But it was, it was an awakening. Like that needs to happen in order for people to change. There's a really good quote I'll say to you. It's hard to make an impact without making an impact. Mm. So I feel like that needs to be your embracing. If there's any way you can embrace the 51 showing up three times in your gene keys is that you need to say to yourself, it's hard to make an impact without making an impact. I'm here to make an impact. If you don't want an impact, then don't invite me. Like just, But this is what I can do for you. So oh God, I love
1: that. I that was a that. rant.
0: That was a rant, but I'm just curious. I'm curious how this is landing for you and if you can share a bit more about the clarity of like how you can get things rolling and the visions that you're having, that outer vision that's coming up for you in this conversation.
1: Mm. Ooh, that was a big question. Um, one that I don't even know if I can fully answer yet, but I'll, I'll answer what I can for now. What I'm feeling, one, is that you just provided a beautiful story that like, in just brilliantly encapsulated that um, awakening Um, and that, and it, it is, it is tough and it is, it is the moment that you think you're literally going to crack. You're literally going to break, like your body cannot hold all of that at the exact same time. And then you make it through and then you realize your power on the other side of that. And that is something that is so fucking intoxicating. Like it is actually intoxicating when you reach that, but it came through the process of actually thinking you couldn't. And so there's also a lot of resilience that's left in the wake of that process, um, and your understanding of resilience. Um, So I just thought you like that was just such a beautiful story that I felt the entire like I just felt seen and heard um, through that entire story. So like for me, what I'm I have so much to think about. um, But I'm one thing I'm thinking about was the zones of. Is that, am I answering your question? Like, what am I thinking about or what am I looking to embody as we leave the conversation?
0: Yeah, and I just want to make sure that okay. you feel like you have clarity with what we've dove into with the gene keys is going to help you with your yes. sort of foundation and like who you're serving and, and, and supporting yourself as a projector.
1: Yeah, no, what I heard um, come through really strongly that I'm just thinking about is how do I support myself more? Um, Like both the the HD and the Gene Keys conversation, like how do I tap into myself and understand that I deserve and I'm worthy of being resourced? Um, And that's almost like step one as I move into this space because I'm also moving. I'm moving towns. I'm moving states. I'm, I'm moving halfway across the country. I'm moving out of this job that I've had for 12 years that I helped found and like created. You know, like it's it's. I'm also a mother of that to a certain degree, and now becoming a grandmother of that. Like it. There's just there's so many things that are happening for me right now that if I don't pause and resource myself, I'm going to be carrying all of that into what I'm wanting to also build. Um, and I think there gets to be a separation too. Even though I'm the, I'm the person that, that splits the difference, I want to separate um, the two. And then I'm thinking about um, one of the things that I feel very not confident around is that idea of um, it's probably this unease coming in and not trusting myself. Ah! <laughs> like I can see it now as you're saying it, I can see it. Um, because as I think about becoming a coach, um, questioning how much I know, questioning whether or not I can make this a business, questioning whether or not the two actually flow freely together, which I believe and think that they do. Like there's so many questions that I've had around that. And I'm taking with me your invitation about the zones of genius and coming back to them um consistent because that's mine that's me that's who I get to be regardless of all of this unease um oh a part of the unease is actually part of it it's the shadow part that I now see um and so that's yeah that's what I'm that I can think of or or feel or say right now
0: yes okay there's There's one last fear I know there's one (laughs) last fear that I want to talk about before I wrap up our conversation because it's so perfect your culture sphere in the pearl sequence So the culture sphere is when I talk to people about this, there's kind of this very fine line of misunderstanding that the culture sphere is like who you're supposed to be working with, but it's actually the kind of culture that you're creating with the people that you're connecting with. And so it's interesting because you were talking about, I could hear the shadow of inadequacy coming up. It's like, I don't know enough. How am I going to do this? Like, what about that, right? This this fear, because the 48 is a gate in the Splenic Center, which are all fear gates. And so the interesting mm. thing is that, and the culture the 48 is actually in my attraction sphere. So it's like the kind of experiences I've attracted in my business are where I felt inadequate. I didn't know how to start a podcast. I didn't know how to use Canva. I didn't know how to run a website or start an email list. I didn't know anything. I felt so fucking inadequate as a business owner. But because I wasn't adequate, it allowed me to become resourceful and teach yeah. me and learn and reach out for support and in that i have wisdom now people are like kayla how do how do you have a podcast channel with like 300 plus episodes and i'm like let me tell you i didn't know how to do it when i started so the 48 like if you think about the culture of what you create with the people that you work with that you bring in they might feel inadequate but you're going to help them be resourceful by tapping into that initiative that intuition that inspiration that precision but also for you it's like if you feel inadequate see it as oh my god this is an opportunity for me to learn and I'm going to become wisdom filled from this so that you don't get swept Mm. in the victimhood of inadequacy because I've lived that and so that one line is also what will be important for you with the 48 in the culture aspect is like having it foundational starting something completely new that's really going to tie into your experience of 48 in culture so I just wanted Hmm. you I was like hearing a lot of inadequacy fears coming up and I was like I think I need to talk about this fear to just support you with that so glad you named it (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. That's something else I'm taking with me now. Thank you, Kayla. Yes. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. I love that. I just love being able to turn that into a gift. Like, I mean, that's what it is. That's what you literally just did. You literally said, this is the, this, let me just name what you're experiencing and let me turn it into the gift.
0: Yes. So that's what I'm taking with me. (laughs) That was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm so happy that you love that. Kay, I feel like we could literally talk for two hours. (laughs) this conversation could go on forever. It was so, it was so much, so much fun. Like, thank you for being vulnerable, for being in this, having the willingness to look at your shit coming up, but then being curious, like there was just, it was just such a beautiful, fluid conversation. And I'm really excited for the audience to engage with this. And I hope, I'm sure they had aha moments as well. But before (laughs) I wrap things up, I want to invite you to share just intuitively, a short impact-filled piece of wisdom that you want to leave with our audience today?
1: Mm. I think it's, it's around this awakening um, energy and it's what I've been experiencing as of late. So it's really top of mind and heart. You think you've let go and you fall, but be careful and beware and look again. You might still be holding on. because it's hard it's hard and you think you are going to break and you think that you're going to fall too far and you think like all kinds of things come online so that's it's almost like an illusion that you've let go but it's not that you it's not that it's an illusion it's just that you let go and then you got to let go again and then you got to let go again and it's just like almost this circular process um, as you're awakening so I wanted to offer that
0: that's so beautiful it's so true and you said that and I was like yeah I totally that's exactly how I felt when I did my mushroom ceremony it just it was a spiral for like four <laughs> hours but I came out of it feeling so alive so it was worth it so and I want to say to the the audience too being completely honest like I'd seen Andrea's human design chart but I'd actually never looked at your gene keys until we had our conversation so this was not oh I just, yeah, I just listened (laughs) to you I was like, oh my God. So this is what I love about this work is that there's so much, you don't have to plan these things. Like I can just listen and see it and it comes out. So I just want to thank you again for coming on and I want the audience to know I'll have, you're welcome. I will have connections in the show notes for you if you wanna connect with Andrea and there's gonna be many other beautiful conversations that you can check out from this podcast series. And I just wanna thank everyone for watching. Take a moment to subscribe to the channel. And if you wanna leave a review or message us and let us know your aha moments, we definitely wanna hear from you. So thank you so much everyone for being here and I'll chat with you in the next episode.